Welcome to the M&A Cornercast, a podcast focused on the world of mergers and acquisitions, helping inform the business owners and advisors we work with every day. I'm your host, Chuck Dallas. I have more than 10 years of experience with mergers and acquisitions, both from a corporate perspective and as an outside advisor. Today, we welcome back Scott Bushke, Managing Partner and Founder of Cornerstone Business Services. Thanks for being here, Scott. How are you doing today? Just living the dream of the day. Excellent. Now, I know we've covered a few topics on the podcast with you in the past, but today we wanted to dive into some of your war stories and hear a few of the different scenarios in which you've helped people, clients transition out of their business. So I think the first one, Scott, that we want to talk about is you had a propane dealership where you had an unsolicited buyer case study. Can you touch base with us on that? Sure, I can touch base on that. As you said, it was a propane distribution company or dealership. It was interesting because the seller had gotten an offer unbeknownst to them by the second largest company in their industry in the country. Okay. Uh, he was you know, probably in his late 40s, still had plenty of time to work, but also had built up a very nice business for himself and his family. And because of that, got this unsolicited offer, a good number. But at the end of the day, for two or three nights, he laid in bed and couldn't sleep. You think that, boy, you got this big offer, five plus million dollars, and life would be good. Right. But he laid in bed going, you know, is this enough? Is it not enough? Is there a better offer out there? What about this culture? What about the structure? All he could kind of compare it to was what that offer was. He had nothing else to base it off of. So for about two, three nights, he just kind of went back and forth, should I, shouldn't I? And was driving himself crazy. He finally went and met with his financial advisor to say, hey, I've got this offer for five and a half million dollars. You know, can I live my lifestyle or not? Or he said, yeah, I think you're probably pretty close. But what are you thinking? He's like, oh, I don't know. I'm just, I drive myself crazy because I just don't know if I should do this or not. You know, I'm not a quote unquote normal retirement age. But there's all, I've been doing this pretty much all my life since school. And there's other things I could do. He said, well, why don't we talk to Cornerstone? They can give you an idea of what the market is bearing and, and what's going on out there. And that would help you make a decision. He goes, oh, absolutely. That would really help. So we sat down and did an estimate value very quickly because obviously, you know, time is of the essence with that one buyer sitting at the table. Sure. Found out that the offer was decent. It wasn't great. It wasn't terrible. But we thought in the market at the time that there were some better offers that we could get. So obviously, we got to be careful saying that because if you do say that and then you spend some time working on it, get no offers or no offers better than they want the table and they go walk away, you don't look too good in front of your clients. So we had to move very quickly and confidently. And we thought we could do better. And we did. We've got about another 25% value out of, the, out of a different buyer. So what we did is we, we ended up putting together the story and going to market very quickly from start to finish with 60 days of keep one buyer warm, keep talking to them is, hey, we, you know, he's got one chance to do this. He wants to do it right. He's hired us. But we very quickly talked to other players in the industry and got a much better structure, more cash at close, better culture fit. And he was able to choose now from three or four different offers, not just either take or not take. So he felt good that he could sleep at night and have that peace of mind that he was going out on his terms, not someone else's. And if his financial advisor wouldn't have said, hey, I have a relationship with Cornerstone, let's go give him a call and see what's going on in the marketplace. Right. Either taking that offer or not taking the offer, but never would have known which way he really should have gone and, and left over a million dollars on the table, knowing what we know of bringing other buyers to the table. So unsolicited offers, sometimes they're just a fishing expedition or they're low ball offers. Sometimes they're for real. But what most of our clients, when we do exit interviews really like is that we can bring them choices, you know, at least educate them 
so they can make a better informed decision. But the other thing is really give them choices of which is the ultimate best fit. Cause it's not always about price. Sometimes it's about culture or right. in the employees or cash at close or how long do I have to stay? I want to stay for five years. I want to be out in six months. All those things go into the negotiations, not just about the dollars and cents. And that's what, when you come to us, we can either help negotiate with that one buyer or in many cases, bring a few other buyers to the table and have a limited auction while still maintaining confidentiality and still keeping that buyer at the table. So it's something that we've done multiple times and usually can move up pretty quickly. You're so right in that it's the best feel out of the people that you have looking at the business. So it may not be the overall price. It could be who's going to treat my customers, my clients, my employees in the right way is just what feels right for that seller, isn't it? That's right. Yeah. Now I've had a client leave $2 million on the table because it was a better cultural fit, two, 300 employees and they were going to move it out of the town and they were going to keep it there long-term, sign a long-term lease on the real estate. So they had we call mailbox money coming in for you know another 10 years. And it was just a better fit. Because again, at the end of the day, a seller's got to look at it and say, what do I need to live my ideal lifestyle? And then anything over that, it's just kind of gravy. You know, whether you get 15 million or 18 million, in reality, is it really going to change your life one way or the other? Sometimes it is, but most times it doesn't. But that's our goal is to really help them understand what they need and then bring them options so they can choose who they think is the best fit for what's most important to them. What a great story. Let's move on to another example. There's a case study where you actually handled a deal in Russia and yes. it was kind of a unknown value and the buyer was asking for a number. Can you share that story with us, Scott? It was a typical service business, consulting business over in Moscow, Russia. The owner of that was originally from the United States and split his time between the United States and Moscow and built up a nice practice in consulting North American manufacturers, specifically in the railroad industry or primarily did a few other things, but mainly in the railroad industry of helping them get their products and services into the Russian system. They were approached by an unsolicited offer. In this case, it was a $3 billion, basically the 800-pound gorilla here in North America that went to China first and then came to Russia next. And they were a little bit late to the party getting there as they're putting all their deals together over in China. So they came to my client and said, we want to work with you. He said, we can't because of our not compete we have with our customers who are your competitors. And they left and said, fine, we'll go work with uh, someone else. And they came back and said, no, we really need to work with you. The other group just isn't going to cut it for what we need. And long story short, they said, hey, just give us a number. What number do you want? And we'll talk from there. Well, again, if you look at anything, once you set a number, the only thing you set is basically the ceiling. Most people aren't going to pay you more than what you ask, especially if there's only one buyer at the table. So I got invited in again through this client's financial advisor. We said, look, let's run our process. It's tried and true. And we've done it multiple times, both going to market and deal with one buyer. And in this case, we couldn't bring any other buyers to the table because it was such a small segment that if the other companies knew that we were even talking to this 800-pound gorilla and the deal didn't work out, he could literally end up with no business and be out looking to start a new company or looking for a job because it was that small of a marketplace. So we decided that we were only going to work with this one buyer, which we don't do most times, but it made the most sense. And we said, look, you guys are a heck of a lot smarter than we are. You know, you're a $3 billion company. You know, you know the opportunity here. And what we did is we package up the company to show the history of the company. It's where it's at, but also where it was going and what the growth story was. And then we showed them all the synergies. We knew that the buyer, they were smart enough. They knew where the synergies were between the two companies. But we wanted to make sure that they knew that we knew what the synergies were and put them into the book or the SIM, as we call it, and really highlighted where one plus one isn't going to equal two, it's probably going to equal like four or five. Because in their eyes, my client was the best in the marketplace to help them 
the X-Blade getting into Russia and make sure they didn't do things wrong or upset anybody and had all the contacts. And they were the biggest. They had the most of money to put into this deal because they were the 800-pound gorillas. So there was really no two companies that are more synergistic than these two. And he opened to get three to five million, you know, asking seven, you know, well, if I ask him for seven, maybe I'll get three to five. Well, on the get on the back of the envelope, this business was probably worth a million dollars to a financial buyer of what the cash flows were in a multiple of three or something like that. Okay. A, we're not going to put out an ASCII price, number one. They might think you're crazy before they really see the opportunities that we really get to talk to about all the opportunities and, and they walk away. Or two, you leave money on the table. And quite honestly, I thought it would be more the first and the second. But when we presented our case, they came back at $7.5 million. We countered at 12. We ended up at 11. Majority of the money at cash at close and then the balance over a five-year period as he got different products into service for the client and things like that. So this is the weight loss commercial across the bottom where the big large guys at 350 is now 180 and ripped stomach muscles. And results are not typical. This doesn't happen all the time. But when you're in this industry and you know how to play the game and know how to negotiate and really show the synergies, uh, you know, we can make sure that we drive drive those synergies to the bottom line for the best of our clients. So he was ecstatic uh, selling his company. You know, he's still with them today, working for them. It's been a great fit. Uh, they've been able to do very, very well over in Russia, this new company. And uh, it was a good, you know, it was a good fit for both sides. So again, but again, by putting out, by us not putting out that number out there, it's, it, it saved him, you know, or, or allowed him to you know, get a number that was probably two or three times the number he probably would have accepted uh, if he would have gone his path and, and not through ours. So we really were able to uh, hit a home run in that case and, and really get a nice value for our client. Wow. That is a phenomenal story. If I remember right, he wanted you to stay in Russia, didn't he, Scott? Yeah, he wanted me to open up an M&A shop over there. We were very close to doing that, but at the end of the day, I decided to come back home where things were a little bit more I could understand. Let's move on. We have one more story that we want to have Scott share with us. This is more of success where others have failed, and it's a case study, I think, with a light industrial staffing firm. They used a national M&A firm and only got limited offers in a two-year time frame and then visited with you, Scott. Why don't you share that with the listeners? One of the larger staffing companies in their region, they're one of the top five, probably top three staffing companies, and decided that you know because of their size, they really need to go with a national player that maybe had an industry expertise in this space. Went with the firm, and you know they were not in the area of, of the company. They were one of many firms, it sounds like, that the you know that this firm was working with. Got very little attention, didn't know what was really going on, didn't have much action. And at the end of the day, brought one offer that wasn't even close to their expectations that I don't know. If, and he thought they probably wouldn't even get financing either. We came in and said, you know, we think we can handle this. And he was a little bit nervous just because we're from Green Bay. And Green Bay is not exactly known as the metropolis of investment banking or low market M&A sales. But we knew the industry. We had sold other companies in the space and thought we could bring some good buyers to the table. And I think within... A couple months, we had multiple offers on the table, and we were able to generate values that were, I believe exceeded his expectations anywhere near where the other offer was from the other group. And I think within six months, we had the business closed after two years. Wow. Fledgingly out there in the marketplace. You know, we had done some deals in that space. We knew the players, but more importantly, is we just gave him the time and energy needed to get the deal done. We always say that, uh, you know, we're not here for everybody. We're not a one size fits all. We're not Walmart. We're not the cheapest out there. We're not going to just do a cookie cutter approach. And there's probably clients out there that we could sell that we take a pass on because we want to, any client that we take on, we always say, you know, we feel a hundred percent in our minds that we can realistically get this company sold. And 
that was the feeling that we took with them. And by doing that, you only take on a couple clients at one time. So most of our M&A advisors or investment bankers only working with probably, you know, some two or three, some three or four clients at one time to really give you the time and energy to move the deal through the process. Because everybody knows the big steps of a process. You put together a book, you put together a buyer's list and you go out to market, you try to create an auction environment. That's not reinventing the wheel. But it's all the little things that you do to make that either happen or not happen and who you reach out to first and who you wait for and how hard do you push and when do you set dates and how do you keep the process moving? So again, the, the seller has the leverage versus the process blowing up and the buyers feeling like they have the leverage or they can steal the company. At the end of the day, our job is to create urgency and scarcity and do it in a very honest and ethical way. And that's what we do at Cornerstone. So we have a process that we run and it's proven to work. And again, then, and then we just find MA advisors that understand the process and don't try to reinvent the wheel. And we've got a great back office team that also you know, can really help drive that process along because as we all know, time kills all deals. The longer a deal drags out, the lesser of chance that we have of getting that company sold or anybody does. So you know, once we go to market, we don't ever cut a corner, but we want to make sure we're as efficient as possible to move that seller and that business through the process. And, and again, getting multiple offers on the table so they can choose who they want to be with and what's the best fit for them. And this one was unique. When we sold the company, it actually sold to a nonprofit agency that was looking for a for-profit arm to continue to support their nonprofit work because their government funding continued to get pulled. So we look outside the box. We run a pretty big auction. Again, keep everything confidential, but running a pretty big auction to make sure that we're trying to uncover every rocket reasonably possible to you know help our clients you know get the best deal for them at the end of the day. And that's such an interesting success. I know, Scott, you've talked about in the past that rather than just posting something out on an internet site, which is very possible that that's what happened here in this scenario, that proactive approach of having that database of buyers, having your advisors uh, talking to them is, is really important, isn't it? We have advisors and analysts and everything else here that can really spend a lot of time to really dive in and say, who are the best fits for this company? You know, we interview or, and talk to the client, brainstorm with the client and some of their advisors, and then our team brainstorms them, analysts here. And we spend, you know, it can be 100 plus hours where just really diving in and go, who is the best fit for this company after we learn what the client's looking for? And that's where we even have surveys at Cornerstone of 10 different deal terms. And what's the most important to you, Mr. and Mrs. Klein? And again, no right or wrong answers, but it helps guide us because depending on how they answer those questions, it'll help guide us to the type of buyer that we think would be the most fit because different buyer types have different kind of playbooks or different deals that they like to structure. And it really gives us the opportunity. So when we go to market, that client, before we talk to one single soul, that client's going to know exactly what we're saying about their company in the probably 15 to 30 plus page book that we put together, highlighting the company. And again, the growth stories and where the company could go, potential synergies with different buyers. They're also going to see all those buyers that we're going to talk to you. How many of them are companies strategically looking to grow? How many of them might be private equity groups, family offices, and all types of different buyers? And they sign off on that. So they know exactly what we're going to talk about their company and exactly who we're going to talk to. And if there's somebody on there they don't want us to talk to, then we take them off and kind of blacklist them so they don't get the information. But that way they understand what we're trying to do. And then bringing those multiple buyers to the table, it really, on a proactive basis, so we're calling them, we're emailing them, we're mailing them, we're doing everything we can to confidentially let them know that, hey, there's a great opportunity out here from what we've seen with your company. We think we've got a great opportunity. You know, if you want to take a look at it, get in the game. Otherwise, take a pass and taking a pass is okay. We just want to make sure that you understand about what this opportunity is and why we think it would make sense for your company. And yeah, and it's definitely a different process than just throwing it up on a website and waiting for the phone to ring. And sometimes it rings and sometimes it doesn't ring and taking on 10, 15 clients. That's just never been 
the cornerstone way. We've always been quality over quantity and really doing it right. And last year for our lower middle market deals, we actually had a hundred percent closing ratio. We don't get that every year. Definitely. That's what we strive for every year. And last year we hit it. Scott, we truly appreciate your time. We had Scott Bushke, our, the managing partner and founder of Cornerstone Business Services. Thanks, Scott, for your insight. We really appreciate you talking to our listeners today. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you for tuning in to the M&A Cornercast. Hopefully we gave you some insight into the world of mergers and acquisitions. We'll see you back again next Thursday with a brand new episode. 